On today's episode of Solana Made Easy, the primary focus of today's show and discussion was around the Ute's upcoming mint, D-God's next collection. Frank from D-God's joined us to break down a bunch of the white paper, what's going to be going on with the interchangeable marketplace, and a lot of the questions behind the speakers were around what and where that's going to be happening, how the functionality will play into it all, and what that means for both consumers, artists, traders, and more. In addition to this, we covered some recent trades that the market's been hitting on, where the nifty soul trades discord has been finding success despite the low volume and low liquidity days, and overall just what the market sentiment is from everyone on stage. Shout out all the listeners as always, and if you want to tune in live, we're live Monday to Thursday, 5 p.m. Eastern time at Easy Eats Bodega on Twitter. If you do miss the live show, we do have a podcast, Solana Made Easy on Spotify and Apple Music. Thanks for tuning in. But let's dive into the episode. What is going on? Beautiful, beautiful Solana ecosystem. How I've missed you so much. So glad to be back. We got a ton to talk about. Hyped to have all these reoccurring faces still pulling up. If you're new here, welcome to Solana Made Easy. Monday to Thursday, 5 p.m. Eastern time, talking all of that sweet Solana alpha, NFT news, What's moving, what's shaking, where we're making money, where we're losing money, and everything in between. Man, it's been an electric five days that I've been away. I can't wait to get into it all. Let's dive into it. We got a lot to talk about. We got the Utes situation, art reveal, etc. kicking off. I know a lot of people may feel tired of it, but we haven't talked about it here yet, so we're absolutely going to. Other than that, man... There's some other things I'm excited to dive into, excited to hear what people think about the market in the current situation. As always, it's a shill-free zone. Feel free to request. We love new voices, love people's opinions on the market takes, what they're looking at, trades they're making. But let's get right after it. Frisk, running man, how are you? How's it going, easy? How's um, Miami's newest resident? Man, people's got to watch out. Mr. 305, that title. Woo! Ah, uh, to steal that one. Yeah, um, to be fair, while well, you've been away, I mean, me and the Nifty have been trading all weekend. Um, I think we talked earlier just about, I mean, it's taught me some lessons on trading, not say lessons, but just just, just reflecting and just been reflecting slightly. I mean, volume is very focused in different areas of the market. And although volume isn't particularly there in abundance at the moment, it does like sort of focusing on specific points at specific times and to be fair i've been doing really well um i mean yesterday you know plus plus 20 sold out yesterday and it just it just reminds me in a bull market when you've got a lot of stuff going on is to concentrate on what's important not not try and be everywhere not try and like look at everything but actually like you know focus is a big thing and then yeah i mean with the low volume and having to focus on Specific areas of volume. It's definitely, um, it's definitely, um, you know, reminding me, me of that. Now we're seeing some uh, some ugly volume on the Magic Eden charts for the daily sub 40k here and kind of cycling. It's never fun when the volume's this low, but I think to your point, there's a lot of opportunities and pockets where that volume resides that a lot of people can still find opportunity in. I think you said it perfectly, and I want to dive into what you were actually trading yesterday here shortly. You made 20 plus soul in uh, in a bear market. That's a beautiful day. That's uh more than a lot of people, myself included, can make in a, in a month in these current trends. But man, it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's been uh, kind of terrible, to be honest, just missing out on all the market action, I guess, you know. But hey, I'm still excited to get into what's been shaking, what's been moving. Frisk, 
How you doing? I, I love the Liberty Square. They've caught some nice volume too. I'm not going to give you an opportunity to shill it, but how you been? Easy, man. I miss you a ton. It's a good thing you're not giving me the opportunity because I will take it if you give it to me. But uh, <laughs> um, I will say, yeah, I agree. It's been ugly across the board a little bit. A volume at 33K on Magic Eden. That's rough. Uh, ETH blue chips got hit hard this past weekend. Uh, like when floor price, it's taken a big tank. And we even saw a big red candle like at I think around 2 a.m. EST last night. Uh, just across altcoins and Bitcoin in general. So, uh, and we also woke up to Michael Burry selling like all of his stocks. I don't know how people feel about him or whatever, but that's always just something to pay attention to. But that, I, I always love the NFT world side of things because, like Running Man said, there's still always an opportunity to make money. Like you make 20 soul in a day. That's, that's, God, you DGENs are crazy, but it's, <laughs> it's a great chance to, to survive in the bear market. No, oh, 100%. And I'm, I'm very curious to hear what Running Man was doing to make some of those trades where he was looking, etc. I did also want to shout out Shake Man. I had been tuning into a lot of Shake spaces. That man was calling Lotus Gang sub two. That man was calling Dust at a dollar. I know I put out a, a tweet today talking about some metrics we saw from Hello Moon on the total number of wallets around Dust. I did make an entry there. We can dive into some of that. But I wanted to kind of talk about Utes first, and then we'll get into some trading talk. I know we did get the previews of what they might look like. Uh, and real quick as well, Frisk, that Michael Berry situation, selling all the stocks. Some people are a little nervous, but it looks like he just kind of front ran some of these earnings reports for Q3. I'm not terribly bearish on, on the sentiment that he sold a lot of that stuff, especially because we saw a huge tech rally right after. He may have sold a little bit near the bottom, but uh, we can certainly cover some of that as well. I'm curious though. We got that Utes preview. I put out a picture of a three-lander because they look eerily similar. Curious how other people feel about the art, what people think about it. I'm still crazy bullish on the scholarships. There is that look at the end that mentions if you hold dust, you uh, get a little bit of priority. So I'm not too mad if more people people pump that dust price personally. But man, uh, I'm curious to hear some others' thoughts on what they feel about Utes. I like the conspiracy tinfoil hat approach here that we're actually seeing the Duppies art and not Utes. And this is all just a marketing ploy. Curious if anyone else got some thoughts on that. But Running Man, what's going on? Yeah, I'm going to get my immune scholarship like burnt now, you know, um, by by talking about this. But I mean, I mean, surely, surely they're closer to the Duppies logo than they am to like the U, the U ideology that, like, you know, when I think Frank took the inspiration for U from John Lay's picture of that um, young young boy, and now all of a sudden, you know, this this artwork's been released that looks very similar to the Duppies logo, in my opinion. Um, I don't know if there's two. I mean, I'm not into conspiracy theories, but if I, I wouldn't be surprised if there wasn't another collection being drawn and John Lay still working on it. To be fair, stranger things have happened. I'm more interested in the utility, the one and one art, art marketplace. So we can get into that after. But uh, I mean, art wise, I mean, we, the well, I'll talk about quickly about the utility. The utility is a marketplace for one and one artists um, to actually create attributes for these um, PFPs. Now, I mean, the current PFP that Utes, and that I've said looks similar to Duppies, I mean, it's going to surely fail like a cartoonist type artist. I mean, if, if you've got an art, a one-on-one -on -one artist that specialises in realism or, you know, anything anything out of like that in that realm, surely they're not going to be geared in a way to, you know, create something that's going to look good as an attribute on these PFPs. No, and I mean, when I look at them, my first thought is they are very uh, gender neutral. It does look kind of like a thumb. But uh, they're a furry thumb at that. I'm longer term. I do want to see this change if this is the actual art. But there's some I really like. The ice cream skin one I thought was really well detailed. 
Some of the other ones, though, I'm a little bit 50-50 on. But let's hit some of these hands. Frisk, what's going on? So I've had many, many conversations with tons of people about this. Um, let me start with the good. Uh, getting into this website, I love the fact that um, the the little click me feature that they have, and not only with the PFP changing, but the actual Ute's logo changing. I thought that was a cool. Thing. It shows that they're putting creativity into their into like their, their aspects of that. Um, the base model is cool. I am not a fan of the mouths. I know a lot of people had issues with the mouths for sure as well. Um, I think that they're very reminiscent of other collections that we've seen, but moreover, I think that I also don't know what the difference different aspect would be. Um, I think the traits are really interesting. They have this one techware trait that I think is mad fucking cool with um, like the tank on the back, which is really nice in the hats. I don't know how I feel about it being gender neutral, but um, I think that there's an opportunity for it to be. There's just a little bit of like blanks in the gaps here. And we have... Um, someone up here who I would love to get to hear their voice on because I've talked to her about it a ton, a ton about this. But um, what I will say is someone made the most goaded tweet ever on the Utes drop and they said, D-Gods go of John Lane hired Matt Groening. And I thought that was the funniest tweet of the entire day. Matt Groening is the the director of The Simpsons, for those of you guys who don't know. And it it just killed me. That's funny as hell. I did not even think of that. I did want to pass it down to Niche, uh, Niche over here. I know that you had tagged her in a uh, some feedback about the arts. So, Mitch, what's going on? Hey there. I hope you're having a good day. Um, yeah, no, I definitely think that, first of all, the artists are goaded. Like, what they do, they do it excellently. But with the actual base model, like, there's definitely some issues that, like, I was able to pick up on that I think they're going to want to fix, and I think they will. So that's why I'm super glad that they put it out, and they were like, give us your feedback, give us your FUD, because that's how you make something great. Like, you get it from the community, not just, like, an echo chamber or four. Um, I don't think the model is that gender neutral. Like, it still kind of has that, like, thick face, kind of, like, very broad shoulders. Like, the square face, like, although, like, men and women can have that, in cartoons they typically don't. So I think that that has to be fixed along with kind of a couple other things. But I think that it can be great. I don't know if it is right now, though. No, I like that feedback. And I think my statement around the gender neutrality is more, when you look at, like, a D-God, Dead God, that is very much so a masculine PFP. And I think they went more of a broader approach on that. Uh, I could see these being more used across all people on the timeline. And they do look good as a PFP. I mean, we brought up Cred here. Cred's got a, uh, a preview using as the PFP. They look good. Like, I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat that. I do like the variety of previews that they showed. The Shoei hat is probably my favorite one. You get, like, the same thing the primates did with the uh, over-ears, like, drinking hat. And that's very similar. And it plays right into... I don't know if it's D-Gods lore at this point, but the Shui is synonymous with D-Gods, and I don't think anybody can argue that. I wanted to pass it over to Paladin. Paladin, what's going on? Dude, uh, I was typing out my script, what I would say. Frisk talking about you considering he bought the top of Tripanape. Also, I don't think art matters that much anyway, because again, Tripanape or like... Dude, there's so many projects which pumped heavily, even though they have like a dog water art. But I think Ute's art is nice, it's very clean. It could have some updates, it looks really like Neanderthal so it could be a little bit more feminine for our fellow market participants. But yeah, it's better than most people say they are. Yeah, I mean, I think post mint, as the price action starts setting in, we should have some stronger opinions. If the price goes up, I think everyone on the timeline is going to be like, dude, these things slap. If they uh, they dip near or under mint price, there will be a much stronger sentiment on the fact that uh, people might not be a fan. 
Yeah, they, if these go 100 sol, these are going to be the best looking PFPs on sol. Oh, That's gorgeous. Bad. Gorgeous. Yeah, if so. these things hit 50 sol, they are easily the best dart I've seen on the timeline yeah, by far. Sure. Yeah. Sweeper, what's happening? Yeah, I think um, the art will be judged by the floor price. One thing I think that's interesting is that Degas' collection is ranked 20 on NFT inspect for um, you know uh, for collections. I think with Duppy, uh, not Duppy's, what is this? Utes coming out with the lower entry price, you're going to see a lot of people change their PFP. A Utes, and I think you'll see a lot of uh, volume, and people are gonna just like it. I think it looks fine. I mean, as a PFP, it looks good. As long, I think what they should focus on, and you know, I'm not gonna give them any unsolicited advice. Uh, is just uh, PFP ability is the main thing. I think that dust is definitely a play here, like you were saying, easy. As long as there remains a bid. Uh, you can see dust dust going to like two to three, possibly higher, because um, yet the a lot of dust is going to come off with this mint, and then all that dust in the dust pool that goes to the dust pool that doesn't they don't get that back. So I think you're going to see. Even some said to the Dow dust pool, they won't be market dumping. So that's another thing that I'm watching. They are saying that that will be reserved in a treasury. Pressure here than I think sell pressure. Even if the wallet counts, I've had some conflicting information ranging from 5k wallets to a little bit closer to 10 10k based on where people have total amount of dust versus wallets that hold a D god versus dead god. There's a couple things that play into that, but overall, there's still a massive gap for the number of people who will need it. I think on scholarship announcement day, because it's going in waves, we won't see as heavy sell pressure, in my opinion. Only to like break it down, we're going to get a lot of people who are approved that need to buy. But in these waves, that buy and sell pressure won't be all at once. You're going to get uh, period like periods of people making those buys and sells, which causes this volatility to potentially stay more stable. I'm looking for like a two 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 three exit. I got in at one point six nine. Shout out Hello Moon tracking my wallet on that. Did not even realize I was showing up on the website till a bunch of people DM me saying nice buy. That's always fun. Wanted to pass it down to someone. Hey, what's up, Easy? Uh, yeah, just on the topic of the art, I'm pretty bullish on the sentiment. Like, uh, the first releases, I thought, um, like, just following up the, basically, like, the perfection of Dead Gods, like, I don't really think anyone has critiqued Dead Gods in, like, a negative light. I think pretty much across the board, people think that's just, like, a work of art. That's, like, the standard, and, like, for at least on in the Solana ecosystem, that's, like, like as good as you can. I think it's going to take a little bit of time, like a bit of a marketing rollout, more lore, more story, sub DAOs to start getting created so people can really like dive into the traits. Uh, but like as far as like first impressions, it's pretty hard to not have new IP, like something completely different get fudded. I think they've done a great job. No, I think you're... Oh, sorry. To me, I love Gives. Oh, my bad. Yeah, this gives them like a sort of uncapped runway where they can go any direction and they're not sort of in the shadow of um, of Dead Gods. Yeah, I, I love the art on Dead Gods. I love the pastel backgrounds, the more mute color tones of them. Um, I'm a big fan of that. I mean, it's once again, they're a 300 soul floor, so clearly it looks much better uh, if they were a five soul floor. But the thing with it too is like this is not the same art by any means. More colorful changes clearly on it. 
The white paper is something I want to dive into too, but I want to hit a few of these hands first. I like that you mentioned like the sub DAO because it looks like there's going to be a lot more flexibility from like a attribute marketplace where these things are going to be cycling and they've even mentioned that you can hire people to create attributes and actually release those. It could bring a pretty unique aspect into the ecosystem from alternative attributes and even third parties creating things that could gain a lot of traction. And I'm curious to see how that plays out on the actual price action once that marketplace opens. We'll start trading these other attributes. We've seen some of that from Tayo where they have the upgrade store. And those trades when that first launched had a ton of volume on them. It's a, it's a new avenue, potentially could cause for a new meta. People love art, people love changes. I think like Fortnite skins is what I always bring up, but they have holiday skins and one-time releases and those attributes could become extremely valuable, especially with like scarcity. I wanted to pass it down to Laser. They've had their hand up for a little bit. Laser, what's going on? Hey guys, what up? Um, yeah, I agree with a lot of what's been said. I think Dust is definitely a play here. Um, um, I don't really know what the possible entry would be for you if you don't really have access to that whitelist, but I've heard people are paying 35 to 40 soul plus the Dust that it costs in it. So do you think that's a... Uh, Realistic entry, how do you think the 15K like will play into this whole swing aspect of it? Um, it's definitely a first for here on Soul for sure. If this was any other mint besides a D-Gods product, uh, I think current price is about 0.33 ETH. When we start to look from other chains, I've talked to a few people on ETH who are excited to mint this, but they've, they have brought up the fact that this is a relatively expensive mint. But it always comes back to the fact that the primary collection is sitting so high that a lot of people are more okay paying this price, knowing the existing collections been able to maintain this floor price. And we do see a lot of OTC deals on that, which so there's arguments to be made on both sides if that helps or hurts the floor price. But I wanted to pass it over to Moishi. Moishi, what's going on? Hey, man. Uh, the art is super cool. It's I really like the way they display it. It's the I'm very curious to see how the copyright plays out and the... Thoughts on that and the timing of this being dropped right after you know we had the first uh, the 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 kept the Moonbirds you know you you had Eagle Labs and Rider Rips and then the Moonbirds CCO debacle and this just being dropped right now with the developments of it uh, it's super fascinating the Y concept I've been reading it a bunch and trying to fully wrap my head around it it's super innovating. No, it's a nice little twist, a nice little change of pace here. I think a lot of people are somewhat back and forth. There are changes that I anticipate. I think these previews and the way that they rolled this preview system out is going to be beneficial for them. Getting this feedback now, especially without a release date in mind. I'm 50-50 if we see these in August. Frank is saying that we will. Who knows? We've had this delay right now since uh, January, so we're going on seven months of delays. Uh, we'll see how quickly the go-to-market happens, but I'm extremely eager to see price action on Dust, D-Gods, Dead Gods, and everything in between once we get that release date. I want to pass it down to Amanda. Amanda, what's going on? Hey, yeah, I just wanted to touch on the timing topic. Um, I feel like this was dropped at a time where people are just like looking for more female traits and NFTs. So I feel like people just had that expectation, especially since they kind of mentioned that they were going to add female traits, which is hard to do um, in like a subtle way. I do agree with Niche. I think the base form, yeah, obviously the shoulders. Um, I did see someone even like edit one of these youths, uh, Miss Mav. She kind of like made it more like a female uh, looking you and it looked really good I don't know if you want to pin it or if I could pin it so you could just see what it looks like 
But I feel like the timing just played a huge factor into the whole female trait and everyone just anticipating that. No, and I, I am hopeful for a little bit more of that and seeing what the overall traits will be. I know we just brought Frank up, so I'm sure the tone here will change into how great Utes is and everyone will emphasize their scholarship. If you bring up your scholarship you application, I will... You were that is bad, were you? I did see your No, name God, no, God, no. Oh, my process. God, no. Okay, just checking. No, 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 I never. Uh, but if anyone brings up their scholarship, you'll promptly be sent to listener with the swiftness, no hesitation. So let's watch your tone on that one. Cred, what's going on? Uh, it's a bit disappointing, easy, that Frank's turned up because I just had a few different things to say about him and the team, and now he's jumped up. So I might have to pull out of this. Uh, nah, just jokes. So easy, I I reckon it was like maybe the most hyped sneak peeks you've ever seen. So I, I know a lot of me and the other D, Aussie D yards, we were like, uh, we weren't like 100% in love with it, but it's really grown on me over the last few days. In fact, I've been um, wearing it on Twitter quite a bit. I particularly love this ice cream skin trait. Um, but I was planning to sell duppies um, to take some profits on D-God since I minted and held. And I haven't really been able to make much money because Frank keeps making me spend dust on stupid oversized merch. Uh, so, but with the Utes and reading the Ute paper, I, I actually think I'm going to hold and make no money again. So thanks, thanks for that. I'm uh, wicked excited about the, the Y paper, bro. Like the custom attributes for me is just another avenue of flipping opportunity to lower my cost basis uh, whenever I inevitably buy Utes on secondary because I'm not going to have many other options. The other thing Dude, here that's that I the whole idea. Like honestly, like I'm pretty bullish on it because. I just look at, you know, we want to build a lot of value around the base and give artists the opportunity to kind of create value on top of the thing. So our job as a project is to try to build scarcity into the model so there is actual value in these traits. And, uh, yeah, like, I think that's going to be sick. Like, the joke is, you know, I want some motherfucker to – we're going to give everyone the data and availability. Like, I want somebody to literally look at the sales volume on what traits are selling – what customized traits are selling and uh, try to like commission artists to make something that's like designed to fucking sell in the market. Like there's You're gonna see so much of that, bro. You're going to yeah. see so much like macro trading off of the traits. And like, I just, I keep thinking back to like, if anyone here is a gamer, you have like CS go skins, those blue boxes and skins and all the other things that came into play with that are, were a, a billion dollar business. That alone is crazy. Like I anticipate we're going to see like gambling things pick up that release skins, especially if they're NFTs and allow for trading aspects of it. And it sounds like that is the plan. I got some content on the white paper I plan to make just to kind of break it down for easily digestible stuff for uh, people who don't want to read the one page that it is. I know a lot of us, myself included, refuse to read more than 15 words. That goes for anything from a tweet to a paper. So I've done the heavy lifting. I read the 300 to 400 words for you all, but we'll dive into it here in a little bit. What's going on, Niche? Oh, hi. Um, so I was just going to say earlier, someone mentioned that the art isn't that important because if you look at projects that don't have good art, they've still mooned. But they've also dumped tremendously. And so I really think that art is super important because like it's art and technology. And why would you just have one instead of both? Like this is what NFTs are, they're JPEGs. Why would that not be important? It's also something I bring up a lot. The social sentiment picks up so much interest. And if you're not seeing the PFP on the timeline, projects tend to fade. And this is like, we're already seeing the previews being used. We're seeing people customize them. I saw Ray Alpha Splash do some of this stuff. 
uh, some customizations. I've seen Hoddle do a few customizations on them. There's just a lot of things like that that I think are already getting traction. And that's cool to me because of the interoperability of traits and like this customized aspect. I like that Frank mentioned too, there's going to be data on this. People are going to commission stuff that's going to try to play into whatever is being pushed or bought and has traction and legs. But Manny, I wanted to pass to you. You've had your hand up. I had uh, missed it. You were emoting a little too hard. What's going on? Sorry, dude. I was just excited. Yeah, I think I have a couple of things. Like the first thing is, is like when I saw the art, didn't like it. You know, I was like, I'll grow to love it. It wasn't my favorite, but I'm convinced that this isn't it. Like it just doesn't make sense from a humanoid standpoint. If you look at the D God, Dead God, Humanoid, Blocksmith Labs, Art Upgrade, Humanoid, Vandal City, also like sister, like butt off of D Gods, Humanoid. Like, I'm convinced this isn't the art. I think this is cap, but I'll learn to love it. It'll be even better, like, when the floor price is even higher. But, like, the easiest way I look at the project is it's, like, Legos, right? Every single thing is a Lego. Each trait is a Lego. But in, like, the Tile ecosystem, when you swap it, you burn all the Legos, right? But this you get to keep. So it's, like, now a bag of Legos and, like, traits. So, like whatever is a good trait and you just buy it if you hang on to it long enough it'll become a good trait and if if like certain um collections want to do whitelist based on that trait now you can give people whitelist based on like oh they bought my trait super early so now they get access to my next collection and i think that's when the real game theory starts is like that like sub trait thing and like the biggest thing is is symmetry like symmetry 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 uh helium 10 is a service that you can like they basically put an amazon picture to see if it's good or bad and then you could use that to test out the trait and get ten thousand eyeballs to click up or down on it no you've mentioned that a little bit here and sorry frank go ahead yeah i just want to dispel the rumor that this is not the art guys like it is the art accept it like uh look you know people are gonna have their opinions and I guess um, I'll stir a little bit of the pot here. It's like, yo, I remember, bro. I was here on Solano when, like, OK Bears came out. And people were like, oh, this is like a BAYC thing. Or like, oh, this is like what everything else I've seen. But 2 million fucking stolen volume later. It's like, yo, motherfuckers want it. They're buying it. They're selling it. They're trading it. And so to me, I think, like, look, if you want unique, like, special, something that nobody else, nothing looks like, like, you know, creating trends type art, that is what fucking dead gods are like by definition you know when we launch dead gods you can't tell me there is a single fucking collection in the world that look like that and um yeah i think it's arguably some of the best art in the fucking game and so to me i'm like okay what do we want to do that's new that's fresh that's different i think we take the tropes of classic nfts and uh, make a collection exactly like someone said like lego bricks and take the things that people like and are familiar with and uh, flip them on their head and I think a lot of great art, when you really think about it, it's, uh, you know, I think that is where a lot of great stuff stems from. You take things that are really popular and then you flip it or or uh, freak it in a certain way. And uh, that is 100% our approach with Utes all the way down to the name, right? It's like people are like, oh, what about Duppies? It's, you know, Utes in the name. You got you in there. The, the, the line that we use internally is, you know, we set out to make the best PFP collection in the game, but it was missing one thing you um and so look i i think at the end of the day man like I, i'm pretty hyped on the art i think it's a little bit offensive when everyone's like dude this is not the art you guys are head faking us whatever because the artists have spent a lot of time and, and everything about the base for the most part 
it's pretty well thought out. Like, for example, I know some people have mentioned that there's a, you know, big neck on the guy, like a long neck. And the, and the reason for that is to give a lot of room for clothing traits because that's a big piece of character. And with some, you know, collections where you have a smaller kind of stubbier neck and some of the early versions of the base we had that, we noticed that the clothing traits would kind of get lost or make the guy look a little, you know, stubby. And then also just the, the flat base to me is pretty sick because I think most nfts that are of this style you have a uh you know you usually have a snout of some sort it's like apes bears a lot of the ones that are kind of done in that style you have like a snout that separates the face from the mouth but um i think with this style you're going to be able to do a lot more with that face panel and so people have been asking how are you going to customize like a four a four attribute or something that you know has no traits and it's in the eyes and the and the mouth that is going to be a lot of customization which i haven't seen too many people do yet but again we're trying to make a, the, a Marvel movie here, right? We're not trying to make, like, I think Dead Gods to us internally, we talk about it. It's like, it's the indie song. It's the indie movie and it's fire. And it's like, you know, Moonlight maybe wins a fucking Oscar type thing. But uh, with you, so we're trying to make something that just straight up bangs for everybody in the ecosystem. And so I understand the controversy. I understand people were expecting something like another indie song from us, but we're trying to grow bigger than, you know, the Solana ecosystem kind of allows us to grow at this point. So we have to make something that's bigger appeal. And I think when volume numbers blow out of the fucking water, everybody's going to be hyped and nobody's going to be hating at that point. So let, let's see what happens. No, I cannot agree anymore. I think uh, like we always say too, when volume and price action starts to increase, everything starts to look a little bit better. But I wanted to pass to Manny who did want to respond to that a little bit. And then we'll circle it back to running man Frisk and, uh, and around to some of these other hands. Manny, what's going on? Yeah, so I'll be putting away my yarn and stop smoking cigarettes and contemplating Frank's wildcardness because, dude, you're just wildcard, dude. You never know. That's why I put on my tinfoil hat on that. But, yeah, I mean, the, like I said, I'll grow to love the art. You know, it's going to be one of those things that will grow on me. But what I wanted to talk about is, like, 15,000 people, right, are now going to own this. So at least they're going to own at least two, so 7,500. Right. Like right now, the highest Solana collection has 3,300 people in unique PFPs that are tracked by NFT inspect, like double that by the amount of people who are going to rock this in your Twitter timeline. They're just going to kill you with it's like death by a thousand paper cuts. Like you're going to love it no matter what. So it's like the trance of the algorithm is what's going to take me over. Dude, I respect your take on that. It's like, yo, I, I don't really like this right now, but I know that I'm going to just be beaten into submission to liking it. And um, I'm okay with that, dude. That's actually kind of fire. I'm, I respect it, bro. No, and I'm definitely curious to see more of the traits. And I'm really excited to see what the first trait is that hits this secondary store. Uh, I'm curious too, but we can dive into it here after some of these hands, what that approval process might look like to get items listed on that. Running Man, what's going on? Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't said I don't like the art. I quite like the art. Um, a lot of the ut- you know, I'm big on utility and on a token, and it's going to create utility on dust. It's going to create ecosystems within ecosystems within ecosystems on the on the one of my markets. My questions more to do with the PFP. If you're focusing on the one of one art market, you, you you've got you're going to have certain types of artists that specialise in cart- cartoons, anime, and you know that sort of area. I'm going to have an advantage in making attributes on these where, you know, if you, you know, an artist that's specialised in surrealism or expressionism, how, does their style suit this PFP? And, you know, really, for the market to be as big as it can be and for the total utility, you really want to be including all art styles 
to be able to take part in this project in creating attributes. And I'd say on if if it hasn't been thought about, I mean, on a fifteen thousand collection, you can. I'm sure there's a way you can make some slight nuances in the certain bases of you know the bases of each PFP to keep them in line, but actually suits a certain art style better than another. To open the basically, I'm trying to get the one of one art market open for all styles of art. Is basically what I'm saying. I was going to say the one of one conversation we've really ramped up, and I think this is a prime example of where one of one artists have an opportunity to actually sell assets into an ecosystem that has a lot more liquidity and volume behind it, while still having their name attached on it. It's a really cool idea. I'm excited to see how the yeah. actual deliverable and, of it happens. I'm sorry. And one thing I'll add there too, which is the key to me, is. I'm super bullish on people. I like. I think this is what I said when we launched us too. Is like the, the only games that will survive in crypto, and the only types of like micro economies that will survive are ones where there's a million different ways to play them, right? And so for us, what I'm already seeing kind of happening is like we have this uh, sub DAO, for example, um, in, in D Gods called the Mickey D Gods, and the trait itself is like a super rare trait. But because of all the shit that they do for their sub community and how lit they make it to be a part of it, like they literally have like secondary collections, you get extra dust for staking through their thing. Like they've done a lot of things like they have their own merch, like it's a pretty insane sub doubt. And um, because of that, they basically raise the value of that like trait to be one of the most coveted traits in the whole collection. And uh, what we're trying to do is and you guys obviously have seen this with like Coral Bear DAO, then you also have obviously the Guzzler DAO. And we're trying to do this on a pretty massive scale and, and in in fact like empower and, and put that shit on crack and, and give people the ability to kind of create a club within a community within those rails and uh, commission artists to kind of make things that fit their community or style so people can represent them on Twitter, Discord, whatever it is, but also get some financial upside in it in being either entry fee into the club and getting that trait with because they own the license to it or um obviously getting a percentage of the and or getting a percentage of the royalties on any time those traits sell but the key as you're mentioning with one-on-one artists which i think is really uh, underrated piece of what we've been doing here is we want the one-on-one artists to hold and own their ip and actually make that really clear so you know people can come in and take some of their trademark stuff that they've done with their one of ones and not feel like it's going to be devalued because a million people are going to be repping it or 15,000 people are going to be repping it they can fixate the supply that holds that ip and then they can like limit that give permission to who they want to have it they can also you know accept payment either through auction or just straight payment at a price that they set and again i know a lot of this sounds more abstract I think if you wanted to visualize it best right now, look at the Roblox store as like the the closest parallel. Like imagine you take the Roblox store, but you fixate more on scarcity than you do on like infinite replicability, which you kind of have with the Roblox store where there's always new stuff coming out and like it's kind of infinite number that some of these things should be sold in. The, the focus here is going to be on how do you create value and scarcity, but it's going to be like a Roblox store where people can submit, you know, their own designs and then actually get paid out in those designs. But because this is Web3, they'll be able to take that art and that brand they build there with, a, like you said, dedicated liquid audience and then kind of grow it and scale it out more to the point where I could see, just like I mentioned with the Mickey D Gods, they're going to make the Mickey D Gods subbed out in Utes. But, you know, you can take your own brand you build in there or you already have outside and port that over potentially to new collections that we launched this software out for. Um, through so, Dust Frank, Lab. I do have a question. Uh, with that store, do the artists get a percentage of the sales? Will there be an artist royalty for yes. the creator? Okay. Absolutely, yes. Yes, 100%. So right now we're thinking, because there's going to be like five five traits you can customize. And so we're thinking maybe starting it out at 5%, because if you get 
you know, if there's five traits and that means that 25% of the total royalties will get distributed out to all the artists that have those traits. If you have five custom traits applied to the NFT, but yes, 100%, the percentage of royalties, that's a huge unlock here. And that's a, that's one of the bigger ideas that we have. Yeah. And that was the one thing I, when I was reading through the white paper, I didn't see kind of clearly explained was what that percentage would be. And if that royalty goes back, I'm definitely bullish on that. It rewards the artist. It allows that artist to continue to benefit from those sub DAOs. And you're going to have people commission art from artists for sub DAOs that they want to build. And that continues to drive incentivization on it. It also plays into this whole like no royalties thing that's been going on. We can dive into some of that, but this is this is something I'm really excited for. I wanted to hit a few of these other hands. Cred, what's going on? Yeah, I, I was just actually wanted to, um, I guess, direct it back to Manny a little bit. He was talking about how... Uh, the, pro, the art for this doesn't really align with the D-God's art and law. But the thing is, like, for me as a holder, I think it's pretty special that the second collection kind of has no real alignment. Um, I find that, like, that, that alignment can sometimes hold you back, and I feel like maybe we can fly because there isn't as much alignment. Anyway, we'll see what happens, but that's just my thoughts on that. No, I'm, I want to pass it over to Manny real quick just because the question was kind of geared towards Manny. Manny, what's going on? Yeah, I just wanted to say it's like, uh, what's it called? It was a tinfoil hat theory, A, and then B, it's like Nike and Jordan, right? Like Jordan has greatly surpassed Nike in like the customization of premium sneakers when you think about it that way. And like, that's the way I think about this and them like not being wildcard and truly splitting the brand and letting them compete. And then the cream will rise to the top is like, what I'm thinking that they're doing and like to get what you've never had, you have to do things you've never done. So I, I mean, I agree with it. Like, I think it's cool, but I'd never count out Frank's wildcard factor. So that's why I was super paranoid. Yeah. I mean, I'm still, I know Frank has said openly it is the art, but I still got my tinfoil hat on my Charlie day kind of drawing on the chalkboard going crazy here. Like this doesn't add up. This doesn't add up. We'll see. I'll give it some time. Once we get the mint date, if the art's still the same, then sure, we can go with that. Frisk, what's going on? So I apologize for continuing the art conversation. I know we're trying to move on to the white paper stuff, but I, I will no, just the, art's, the art's part of it, bro, 100%. Okay, perfect. Um, I think that, uh, just from a personal opinion, one of the things I really like about Utes in comparison to D-Gods and Dead Gods is the uh, change in facial expressions. I love the fact that these look like characters. And they feel like like a lot of the D gods and dead gods. It was it's probably the only thing that I, I can say I don't like about them is they all have very similar looking faces. But these guys they have they have very different expressions to them, and I think that that's what's so interesting. And what that ties into is a lot of what Manny was talking about. And if there's one thing that NFTs have proven besides the fact that you can literally gamble out of them and lose all your fucking money, is they give an opportunity for social identity. And I think that that's what's so exciting about what i think we can see from utes if is if is if that with this idea for trying to create this expansion there's a lot of opportunity here to be able to align yourself with one of these these characters that you that you put yourself out as it's the reason why people like we all scream at each other don't get attached to your jpegs but it's just it's going to happen and that's how you build that kind of community is when you when you create something that people can fall in love with and i don't want to get canceled for this but god i'm going to try and say it Amanda, you talked a bit about the female traits. I know I've had this conversation with Mitch and Amy before already about female PFPs in regards to like collections and stuff. Let's not beat around the bush here. This is a male dominated space. I think that needs to change big time. But we also have to accept the fact that a lot of the people that are buying these things are, are males. 
And we see that reflected a lot in collections. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call this out here with Azuki, for example. I'm looking at the Azuki floor right now, which is a, 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 a gendered collection here. Female, 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 male, female, 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 male, female. That's the floor right now for Azuki. The females always end up being dumped on the floor. And so I think that the opportunity that Utes has here, which is what makes me so excited, and is is the opportunity for being gender neutral. It's to align with whatever like whatever gender the person who's holding it has and create that social identity from that point. And I think that that's what's so exciting when you factor in the customizability of it all and you factor in the opportunity for the Ute store. And just in regards to, I'm not going to say branding, but you guys know what I mean, the branding. Um, that's where I think that this is the big potential is here. I don't want to speak on behalf of Frank and his project, but that's what I, that's that's my my two cents for anyone who cared. I think as well with a, with a marketplace being formed around a PFP, only the PFP becomes secondary as a gatekeeping entity to trade around it in a different marketplace. This stuff goes lunar <laughs> at the end of the day. You know what I mean? You know, as a trader, you know, if I'm holding a PFP to be able to trade a different marketplace completely. Um, I'll, you know, the price of the PFP becomes secondary. You know, I'm holding it, basically. Um, I'll, I'll just, you know, I'd just like to see more inclusion of all forms of one and of one arts. I think, I think it can be done on a collection of 15,000. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's going to be a lot of variability. Go ahead, Frank. The color I can add, add here is, like, this has been one of our ideas for a while now of, like, okay, if we want to do a gender-neutral collection, like, there's sometimes it's pretty, like, you can't have like a fucking tiara or a dress, right? Because that's just gonna, that, like you said, bro, let's be real. It's just gonna get Florida fucking Valhalla, right? Or uh, the opposite of Valhalla. And so, you know, to solve for this, it's been one of those things where, like, okay, we upgraded D gods to dead gods, and that was like a new kind of thing of upgrading on the NFT itself. And we were thinking, man, maybe there's a way to make a D god into a fucking D goddess. But it, it's actually like a technically pretty difficult thing, not on the tech side, but just on the art side itself where how do you make these things kind of fit both different profiles it, it's you know making traits that are like you, do you have to do that for all of them or only some of them are like female versions of the traits is it the base but then do some of the more masculine traits look weird on the girl it's like a whole new collection at the end of the day and so what this is sick is like it actually kind of makes it so that if you are a girl and there are girl commission traits depending on whatever that size in the collection is at any given time it's not a centralized effort from the team that will be like, oh, we have to make an entire second collection that will basically maybe only 1% of the entire population will ever use. It's more like, you know, it, it's a supply meets demand type of market. So that's what I, I'm totally on the same page with you. I, I feel like this could unlock a lot here. Same thing with skin color. Well, this is like a this is obviously for, a, you know, kind of race neutral character. You have like pop colors as the actual base. If someone's doing a humanoid collection, this has been a big controversial thing, right? With CryptoPunks as being the biggest example, CloneX, something like that as well. When you have humanoid collections, how do you factor for race? What is the right way to do it? Because if you make it fixed, like this kind of old school philosophy around NFTs, you have this issue at a pretty large scale. A vast majority of the CryptoPunks floor is black or female. And um, that's unfortunate. And so how do you solve for this? It, it, you, you don't make it a part of the rarity or the metadata. You give people the option to kind of customize and change to whatever their personality is. And then you don't fault the buyer for buying it, you know, whatever race that is, because they can adjust it to themselves. So again, like I think this is a going, it's one of those things where we know that this solution will end up being created in NFTs. If we're going to be the people to solve it, super down for that. But it's like one of those things is a no brainer. We all know someone was going to come around and solve it. So we're excited. I did to tackle the problem head on here with uh, with Utes. I will say real quick. I, Go ahead, Preston. Sorry, sorry. I'll say real quick. 
I think that going for the D goddesses route was really low hanging fruit and a really easy way to opt out. And I'm really glad you guys didn't end up going down that route. I think this is a much, much better shows you guys care, which has been proven already, but it just continues to show that you guys care. Sorry, easy. No, no, hundred percent. I think you're spot on with that. It shows that they're aware of the social sentiment and what people are saying on social media, which to be, to be completely clear is probably the biggest factor of any project that social engagement, especially in a bear, what you're seeing, what you're interacting with, feedback from the audience, they're playing into it and playing into it very well here. I want to pass it down to Niche, then we'll wrap it over to Amanda and up to Moichi. Niche, what's going on? Yeah, so I just want to mention this because Running Man has said it a couple of times with like people with different art styles, like realism and whatnot, and like worrying about how that'll work on the store. I actually think that that's not really an issue. It'll be quite exciting because it'll be kind of more of like a cut and paste newspaper style of art when someone does like a realism trait. And I all like more abstract. And I'll change it all up quite a bit and it'll be really exciting. And then a second thing on like the female stuff, I think that the issue with a lot of the females being on the floor is that people frankly just get like lazy when they come to doing female traits because they know that we're not really dominated in the space. It's more men. And so I just think they don't really put the effort in that's needed. No, and I think we're going to see some awesome traits come out of this like flexible trait offering that plays into some of that. Uh, I think like D got this is a potential sub data that could pick up traction from a, from an attribute store, you know? So we'll see what plays out with this. I really enjoy this kind of topic and this, this potential value add. I'm very curious to see the delivery of it, just like I'm anxiously waiting for the delivery Easy. of the scholarships. Can we, can we ask Frank, though, if, if somebody creates a broom, tried to fucking delete, burn that shit. If, if somebody like, creates a broom. Oh, we're, we're anti-sweeper traits over here? Okay, okay. Fud is fuel. Fud is fuel. We'll take it for what it is, but uh, we'll see if there's uh, any stringent rules against attributes. That one may, may fall into that bucket. Personally, man, just give me a giant broom PFP. I'll, I'll rock it. Yeah. Gaps on there? When we think about what goes in and out of the store, I think, like, it's going to be a trial and error type of thing. You know, it's one of those things where I wish it was perfectly decentralized from day one and we had the perfect rule set ready to go day one. But I think what we're thinking about is like, okay, well, like, do they match the actual thing? Like you can't turn a hoodie into a fur coat type of thing and uh, try to make the base. That's what, you know, look, people are asking for super unique traits, but like, we're also trying to make Lego building blocks here and there's going to be some give and take. I think there's a benefit to having classic traits in the collection because people know what those silhouettes are and you can get more creative. It's like, if we do a super crazy unique trait, you know, which we, we which we will do, it's There are going to be the unique traits, but at the end of the day, I'm one that I, I think similar to other people on the stage here, I'm a big believer that the market is the market is the market. And like whatever the market is kind of saying, like that's usually signal here. And so dude, when I look around at different PFPs, when I look at what people tend to rock, it tends to be the classic traits as much as people shit on them. Like people like the fucking basic hoodie and they, people like the basic hats and you know, the fucking King crown and the devil horns or whatever it is. And so again, it's just one of those things where sometimes what people say that they want isn't actually what they want. And uh, it's our job, right? As people that are running the project to discern what people are actually saying when they make criticism, are they just looking to make criticism for the sake of it? Or are they actually like, tired of the traits that the market has literally purchased over and over again for the last year straight um, in higher volume by orders of magnitude. I don't know, right? I think I'll go with the data most of the time here. And, and this is a pretty data-driven approach. And I think that's the best way I can sum up my take on Utes and how people should think about it. 
it isn't art devoid from tech. It is the opposite. It is art intertwined with tech. And that's just our brand. If you don't like that, you know, it's like, hey, like that's how we've run with the gods and that's how we're going to continue to run with youths. We're we're all a bunch of tech nerds and we're also people that are creative as well. And so, yeah, like youths is a fucking lab grown art piece. Like a lot of it is data driven and a lot of it is also just creative as well. But um, it's not going to be one or the other. No, I like the fact that you mentioned that is a bunch of tech nerds. They, at the end of the day, this is why most people are here, I like to think, is it is that underlying tech and uh, it, then it falls into the community aspect. And this this is going to play into both of those. I'm excited to see how it shapes up. Amanda, what's going on? Yeah, I just wanted to <clears throat> get back to Frisk on that. Um, I get like the whole Azuki thing, but at the same time, like the Azuki traits are kind of like already established. So I feel like whoever holds them, like, like that's definitely a huge part in it and i've seen like a lot of guys ask for female traits so it's just girls asking for it and we're not even asking for traits it's just like the fact that if we did want to go in the marketplace and get like a female trait to add to our you like the you has to like look somewhat like a female for it to be able to like look good on it i personally tried editing a you and adding a female trait and it just didn't look good so I think that's a huge part of it. And then I also think that people just set their expectations a little too high and are saying, like, the art isn't fresh. I kind of did the same thing. I was expecting, like, intricate line work and, like, a lot of detail. And they did say that they experimented with that, um, but just, like, didn't feel like it meshed with the concept of the white paper. And at the end of the day, like, this project has a different concept than Dead Gods, and, like, they still maintain nice, clean art. So... It just gives room for people to be able to like fully resonate with the NFT and still make money out of it, um, like outside the pro the uh, floor price. Uh, you know, I'm honestly like, I feel like at some point we just got to drop some of these like heavy line work versions of this thing that we've made, and you guys can decide for yourselves because like, dude, trust man. After like three four months of everyone being like, oh fuck, dude, you guys, holy shit, that guy's got so much of detail. Look, I can zoom in. Like I'm coming my fucking pants. Look at all the detail. It's like. Trust me, that's where we started in this process. We were definitely like, okay, let's like go in. What do people know us for? Detail. Let's just make this thing hyper fucking detail. You see every strand of the fur and all this shit. And it just looked cursed, bro. Like it just, like honestly, sometimes clean and simple is just better. You know, it's that Apple shit. Like, like we, there, it, it, it is a detailed version of fur, but we have versions of this thing where the shading was like down to every grain like i'm so down like at some point we'll post this shit and you'll see like i think we made the right decision here but uh yeah like it's not like these guys don't know how to fucking draw and like they're elite at what they do it's actually like a restrained version of what we what we're capable of doing because this is leads to a better product at the end of the day like that that's our take on it and i think over time people will just see like yo like this thing is a likable palatable base that can be turned into a million characters and um that is what we're way more excited about and in a fucking low liquidity market post a million zillion versions of every pfp like i'm way more excited in fucking with that game than we are to try to like you know do another version of dead gods again it's like we could do it you know no problem but like what you know what's the fucking point no, and I like the clarity on that. I'm definitely eager to see what some of the other iterations look like, and I do hope you uh, hold up your word on that and leak some of those post Utes Mint. I'm curious to see where the iterations came from. Let's Dude, I can't wait. Oh, ahead, so, yeah, some of that shit was cursed, bro. Like, oh, like I, I why have we been taking so long? It's like, Dude, it's hard to discover some of this stuff, and we went down some deep rabbit holes that ate up a lot of time, and uh, this thing just wasn't hitting. 
And the only reason we decided to release it this kind of early in the process is because we've been staring at this thing now for so, so long. We just wanted to open it up and get like, this is what we always do. Like, you know, I'm always NPC opinion farming here. And like, we wanted to just get some fucking thoughts on it and just get like, okay, what's the gauge? Where are we at in the process? Feel like we're, we're closer than we actually thought when we first like uh, posted the pictures. We took notes on all the edits we should probably make. Uh, probably bringing niche on the team to help out with a lot of the different perspective stuff and also just like helping make it more female uh you know more unisex at, at the core but overall man like uh i just feel like when this thing is out you'll you're not gonna be able to find a pfp that's that's stronger at even at the core level and then all the customizations will only make that better that's been the goal from day one i think we're gonna fulfill on that 100 percent, and it's always good to get that that clarity and transparency from someone like you frank so i appreciate you being willing to talk about it all here today i think uh we spent almost an hour now running through the Utes, and I don't anticipate us stopping before the end of today's show. Moishi, what's going on? Hey, I got a couple of questions. Uh, Frank, can you speak uh, to the legality of what that Y copyright will do? Yeah, I think the, the core the, to understand with the Y, with the y we're calling it the copyright. right? Um, it's just, yeah, it's the copyright symbol, but, um, yeah, the core of it is when you think about enforcing IP for an NFT project, it, it is typically that you have to enforce the actual IP rights. Otherwise people can just do kind of whatever they want until the project that holds the IP rights goes ahead and decides to, you know, send a cease and desist or enforce it for us. We're just like, look, it's so fast moving in web three. It's so fluid. Like why would we kind of enforce on a micro level um, all the different uses that people use of D gods, Utes, whatever it is. And so it's actually more of a way to make it more clear what permissions people have and, and make those permissions customizable. So for somebody that's like a super trusted member of the community that has been like part of the community, built some stuff before that wants to go run and build a business on the Utes brand or even on their individual traits, whatever they, their brand they build within the community, they can go ahead and do that because we have that understanding of like what who they are we can trust them someone that's newer we can give them less permissions like you know the guy's super trusted okay you can use the fucking youth's branding you can go ahead and like use the word mark you can do whatever you want there and you have clarity and understanding you can go build a solid foundation there but if someone that's newer that hasn't had a lot of proven track record we can make it more scoped down like hey this is a one month license let's do it as a trial and then we can revisit it and to me it's just like as an operator in the space it sucks that the only versions of IP that actually like exist are either CCO where nobody owns it and it's public domain, or it's like you own the individual rights to just your NFT. But like, you know, let's be real. All the things that have come out of the D gods community that are really cool businesses, whether it's like D beans, this guy's making a coffee business. Somebody right now is making like a whole monopoly board set. It, it benefits more from having the actual D gods brand itself and like the the bigger brand but like things like board ape they don't give you that permission to use the entire bayc brand you can only use your own individual nft which is just like less practical to me and so what it really looks like is just a clear set of permissions that are flexible for projects and uh, holders to understand what they can do with their nft with their ip rights and what kind of brand they can build so they have confidence in what they're doing and we can move at more of a web3 pace and I, i'm going to make this a lot more clear I know on the Solana side, there's less of a focus on like IP rights. It's kind of all that everybody talks about on the ETH side. So it's a, I'm just showing a little bit of my colors that I'm looking at both kind of kind of sides here. And I think this is a smart solution that any project can can apply here. Uh, okay, another another question I had was the you in the white paper it talks about the white paper. Um, if I'm not an artist, how does it make me money? Can you touch on that a little bit? 
Yeah, it's kind of coming from sub DAOs that get created. So you have like um, it, it, for D gods, you have like I mentioned the Mickey D gods, and these guys have like basically just made a really sick smaller community within the club. In my mind, you know, the, where the idea started is there's no reason that those guys shouldn't get a percentage of every Mickey D God that sells in the marketplace. And so this could be extrapolated to even people that don't have similar traits. They commission an artist to go make, let's just say it's a group of gamers. They, they, they commission their artists to go make like, you know, a bunch of gaming traits across the board, like headphones, you know, or hoodies, hats, whatever it is. Like that's their brand. And now they can get a percentage on every sale. And then on top of that, they can also just charge for entry into their club. Um, and so that's how you could do it. Not as a, uh, you know, not as an artist yourself, you can commission somebody and then kind of build a brand or a club within the community itself, which sounds again, like far fetched, but I think it's, it's a real behavior that happens all the fucking time right now with the NFTs, especially these sub communities that end up being where more people spend their time than the actual, uh, major, you know, discord or, uh, Twitter itself. People spend more time in their sub communities than they do with the, the whole collection. How would that be monetizable for for the you get a percentage of the royalties on every trait that sells, and you can also charge entry into um into the club as well on the marketplace. So the, gotcha. the club would the club would kind of form and materialize in the form of traits. Uh, super cool. Thank you. Looks like uh, Frank got a phone call there. Too bad. Enjoyed the conversation on it. I did want to hit a few of these other hands. Mitch, what's going on? I was just gonna say he said earlier that like the rate like he sees people rocking like these common traits or like these like traits that are like similar to other collections. And I was gonna say like, is it because like people want to do that one, or is it because the more rare traits are too expensive, so it's like more people rock the basic ones? Like, is it actually due to people liking it more, is or is it due to something like an external factor? No, and I do think that's a that's an interesting topic to consider as well. I think a lot of that comes into play whether it's from the fact that there are rare traits less number of those traits typically lead to less people broadcasting those. And then you do have some more of the commons because people also relate to those. Like a hoodie and a hat fits a lot of people as to their day-to-day, you know? And I think some people prefer that than something that's extremely loud and in your face. But it really is kind of down to the consumer. So, I mean, I'm wicked excited to see what happens with this trade store. But Nugget, man, how are you doing? How's biology class? Easy. Hope school's going well. I think I won the bet. I think I said it'd stay away two days and you said it'd stay away three. I think you're... Yeah, I'll miss some money. Yeah, I think I do too here. Nugget, are you in class right now with an AirPod in? What's going on? Uh, no, no, I'm not. Uh, every Monday is early out for me. So, of course, because it's Monday, I had to at least drop into Solana Made Easy, see what's going on. It's been too long. I've been popping in and out of the market. It come to my attention that Youth Arts dropped. And, of course, I had to come on here to see what other people are thinking about it. And I'm actually surprised because hearing some of these people's opinions makes me really question if we're looking at the same piece of art. I'm in love with the way Utes looks. I'm in love with the, the way the traits are. I'm in love with the way that it differentiates itself from the D-Gods collection because I'm surprised that's even a concern for people because they have a whole entire different branding that did not slap a 33.3% in front of it. It has a whole different branding type. And I'm not saying those people just on this space I've been hearing from all around. I mean, I just love the way it looks. I love how the traits are different. I'm sure, I think it was Frank who was talking about it. I love how traits aren't, they're not all the same. I mean, for example, you have beer, and a shoe on their head. You'll never see that in any other collection. And that in itself, I just love the uniqueness in that. I'm glad it's not a female collection. I'm glad it doesn't look like the D-Gods are because no collection that's gonna be representing Solana is gonna be having the classic male, female, mutant, baby, and all these random things. That's not what we want. 
I'm, I just love the way the art looks and I'm bullish on it. And that's kind of all I wanted to say. Man, Nugget, it's great to hear from you, my friend. Running man, what's going on? Easy. Um, I think little Nugget's going for a scholarship. And he ain't his biology degree, dude. I'm telling you that now. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's pushing for a scholarship in other places aside from education. So you got to respect the hustle here. I did want to kind of call out. We got about 10 minutes left. So I'm curious if anyone's still looking into market trades or if everyone's kind of just sitting waiting for Utes here. I know Running Man made a nice little bag yesterday. Volume's down to almost sub 30K, which that's absolutely terrifying. We get low 20s and it's really just a bloodbath, in my opinion, for uh, all these projects. But it's tough. Rakuto still did 150K in volume. Uh, the marketplace was bumping that day. I think Utes is going to see a two, 300K day. It's clear there's still money sitting on the sidelines. It's just a matter of where they deploy it. But Manny, what's going on? Then we'll hit Sweeper and Running Man. Yeah, I wanted to say I'm looking at uh, Famous Fox. I saw some like Twitter thing about some game that came out and some guy got five soul. And I was like, oh my God, they finally cracked the code on giving the holders the income that they've been like bitching about the entire time. So I think that that was like a bull flag for me. It looks like some of the stuff has been wash traded like to stay at or near 20, but the floor's pretty thin to 40. Right. But like with these super low volume days, I'm like trying to convince myself not to buy a Fox, but man, they're making it really hard because I think I'm going to get one. I like that you mentioned that like passive income move by the Fox here. It's some gamified piece. There's a little bit of back and forth there. And I think that's actually something that I wanted to call out with Utes is that Frank did tease a bunch of books on gamification and like the gamefy theory. So I want to see how that plays into whatever longer term is. I don't think this is just going to be a trade store and that's the only utility for it. I think there's a lot more in store. And we've kind of talked a lot about these unknown and the wild card aspect of Frank. So we'll see how it plays out. I mean, the big thing all of us are waiting on here is that delivery. Once youth scholarships start rolling out for approvals and denials, I think we just see a ton of price action across the board. Someone even just reached out and mentioned as well. Once that youth's mint date is mentioned, there's a potential for other blue chips to take a, a kick or a, another leg down while people get liquidity for that mint. And Manny, that may be the best opportunity, at least in my opinion, for adding something like a fox that does continue to develop and build new things for the ecosystem, but where people may floor that looking for liquidity to play into whatever the hype conversation is. It also plays into what Running Man's saying. Volume's low, but it's very siloed. Finding opportunities of projects where that volume's circulating allows you to then pick your spots a little bit more intelligently and hone in kind of throw those horse blinders on and figure out only in that moment and also being very quick on your feet to get in and out of those plays because it doesn't seem like anything's really holding value at the moment. But Sweeper, what's going on? Yeah, no, I'm looking at some projects that have minted out recently that are down a bit, just buying them to flip, just to buy to buy. Like um, Rugged Revenants, I minted those. I minted a bunch and then... I think I minted uh, like the 101 for Tony, like Tony's 101 that he liked. So I flipped that in for a nice uh, 15X like a dog. Um, and then I got a bunch of rug revenants on the dip. I got some of these alien tripping high uh, that minted at 2.4 and then immediately went to like, I think it's like 0 0.5, 0 0.6. I'm just buying them for like a playback to mint. I think that in this market, that's probably your best bet to buy like things that like went below mint that are not it doesn't look like they're rugs but they're trading like rugs if that makes sense so i uh i think that once liquidity comes back you're going to see a couple floors go up a bit but i'm i think utes is going to be probably more of like a september october story so i don't think we have to worry about 
prices like diving due to Utes mint. But once that does come, yes, for sure, you'll see a lot of those floors sell off pretty hard. Yeah, and that's going to present a lot of opportunities here for potential trading avenues. I think we're also going to see a decent amount of liquidity circle back into other projects post-Utes as people take profit. The one thing that I'm really considering, though, is with this kind of one-to-one mint, if you don't hold the D-Gods and it looks like that whitelist allocation and allow list is more for one-to-one holders, that sentimental value is going to be a little bit tougher for some to exit Utes, I think, especially after they miss the D-Gods boat. But running, running Man, what's going on? They'll pass on for Frisk. Solana sweep. I just casually minting one of ones, just like like confetti. Um, what a life. Um, yeah, the, the volume siloed. Correct what you said. Um, I mean market dynamics. If you're aware of that, you can trade it. Um, I mean yesterday, I traded. I got in on. I've noticed collections, especially collections that have minted the day before and had some certain amount of volume during like low low um, UTC times. You know, early AM. The volume just pulls straight out that market. People undercuts all the way down. They they sort of sit on a real low, and you can sort sort of like enter that market, pick up rarity, put it back in the market, ready for the move back up. It's just a delisting process, and this is a pattern that the volume can't sustain prices, especially on new collections. And you always, we've always seen this sort of like pullback. So if you're aware of that, you can try. I'm going to call higher Eve that Elven collection yesterday morning for just over a two x. On a decent position, then I had um. I mean, yesterday I had Rug Reverence and Wild List because I just minted and instantly floored those um for like you know to, about a two about a two point one average, <laughs> and, and then but then aware of that it traded and pulled all the way back to point seven where I re-entered and it moved back up to like one. I had some nice rares there. You were crazy active yesterday. It was awesome to yeah, see yeah. Nifty Discord, bro. Yeah. After you posting the the totals, I was like, this is wild. Like making a nice yeah. 20 soul day off of a, a low volume liquidity day is insane. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just siloed. And if you can keep, if you can keep, a, if you're aware of that and you understand the pattern of how these things are trading, you can, you know, if you, it's more like in, if you, you make your positions bigger, when the collections are on the low, rather than, you know, and make them more significant, but be very selective with your positions and make sure you're gaining at the bottom. You know, don't jump on moves halfway up. Not We're not with 10%, 8% royalties because you're going to get burnt every time. You're going to be struggling to exit. And you need to be, you know, sit, I tweeted about this earlier, you need to be able to sit on your hands. And if you do miss a move, even if it's moved 20, 30%, don't, you know, it's not the time to enter. You want to be getting on these moves, especially live trading. At the bottom, and if you miss the bottom, don't you know? Don't be jumping on that another player will come like, and you know it's just basically it's not so much um it's just market dynamics and standard training fundamentals, and and you can make money in these markets, quite significant money at that. Oh, 100%. Like, there's still people trading every day. I just think that it's way more siloed. So it's figuring out where the majority of that volume is to then make an action. But Frisk, what's happening? We'll pass down to Paladin. So. Yeah, I, vol- the volume being this low is scary for sure. I agree. Like dropping below at 30k breach is pretty rough. I've been I've been saying before. I'll say it again. Like keep an eye on those blue chip prices. Like things you really, really have a lot of conviction and you think that won't go to zero. Um, I think that we're approaching those like those moments where you could be wanting to maybe start entering in if you have some capital on the sides that you want to really, really be comfortable holding things for. I'd say like over a year. Um, trading wise. It, it, I know there were people talking about buying some dust. I think that would be the only thing that I'm kind of looking at right now. There aren't a lot, a lot of um, hints, I guess, in regards to uh, anything that's upcoming. 
anytime soon. But I, I, I always keep my eye open. I know there's uh, Lonely Listeners, which has a bit of hype. I don't know how that, how well that will do. Um, Rug Remnant yesterday was surprising to go immediately below Mint, but you know it's Solana. It is what it is here. Um, oh, it was also a Sunday Mint. Like I think a lot of people have been talking about that, but Sundays and Saturdays tend to just be a lower liquidity day in general. I think yeah. they would have seen completely different price action launching at like 12 noon on a Tuesday, where there's just more people online. I feel like. Yeah, no, didn't they mint at like 7 a.m. PST? That was that was strange. Like, I, I felt like they could have arranged that better. I don't know. I, I, maybe that's something to keep, keep note of for any future uh, like projects. Um, play into the rebrand meta, I would say, like, keep an eye for any project that is doing their quote-unquote rebranding, getting get out type of thing. And uh, I've said it before, I'll say it again. There's, there's, there's a good amount of flips still going on on ETH, and that's a lot of where my attention is right now in regards to trading. No, and I do think the the ETH Freemint meta is still gaining traction. There's still a lot of stuff. Aliens did good yesterday or this past few days. There was a few other plays over there that are seeing some traction. So there's still winners to be found. And I think that no matter the market sentiment, there will be winners. It's just really focusing on where you pick your spots right now. It's not a mint and print season, sadly. It's more of a, a weigh your mints, find your spots, and exit quickly in this type of market. It's It's a little bit tougher, but the people who are eating right now are setting themselves up for just prime runway once the bull circles back in. I do think that that's inevitable from a bull standpoint. I think it's going to happen a matter of when, not if. Could be a couple of years, sadly, but uh, I think everyone here who's still engaging in the community is gaining the most value that you possibly can and setting yourself up for that success. But Paladin, what's going on? Yeah, you know, everyone talking about difficult markets, like no liquidity, la la la. I think there is liquidity. It's just the same liquidity circle jerking all over, like, I don't know if anyone saw Pixel Mines. They were at one sold, went to like 20 sold. That was pretty good. Also, mischievous Moxies, even though I said they were going to rug from the start. For some reason, people on Solana, Solana enjoy pumping rugs from one sold to 17 sold. But why not capitalize on it? That was pretty cool. The only project I'm looking forward to, or like apart from Mutes, is Shrimps. I think many of you here have gotten contacted by shrimps. And I was like, what is this Dijon Mint? But then I talked to the guy. I'm bullish on shrimps like this guy, like seeing how projects with like millions of dollars can't even deliver a hoodie in good quality. I talked to this shrimp guy and I think shrimps are going to take over Solana. I don't even know what the shrimps are, bro. Could you elaborate on this? Uh, yeah, I mean, this, this would make sense. Let's go, shrimps. <laughs> Get me involved, man. <laughs> they only talk to, like, high-tier influencers, uh, not pump and dumpers. Uh, their Twitter is shrimpin, S-H-R-E-M-P-I-N. And they have some crazy utility. Easy, you can DM them. They will tell you. I signed an NDA, so I can't talk about it. But shrimps will be huge. I can't tell if you're just trolling or dead serious about this, but I think I'm sold regardless. So I appreciate you sharing these shrimps. But shout out everyone for tuning in today. We're going to wrap up here. We're back again tomorrow, Monday to Thursday, 5 p.m. Eastern time. As always, thank you for tuning in to Solana Made Easy. Shout out all the speakers. Shout out everyone rocking with us. We're going to catch you all tomorrow.